Hello and welcome to the Inside OSU podcast. I'm Julia Benbrook. The McKnight Center for the Performing Arts is gearing up for its second season. I spoke with the Marilyn and Carl Toma Executive Director, Mark Blakeman, via an online app about what audiences have to look forward to next year. We also discussed highlights from the first season and how the COVID-19 pandemic is impacting the music industry. We are very closely monitoring this situation with the coronavirus and COVID-19. Um, we're actively participating in a lot of industry forums with other performing arts centers from across the United States. And we are a member of a number of um, kind of trade organizations like the International Association of Venue Managers. So we are looking at and working to understand best practices so that when we can open, we have all the proper protocols in place, not only to keep our audiences safe, but also our performers. When you think about it, uh, one of our first performances is the Philadelphia Orchestra. That's 100 musicians sitting on stage in very close proximity to, to one another. So we want to keep everybody safe. And I just wanted to reassure everyone who's listening that we are doing the utmost to ensure that once we're able to reopen, that we're going to be able to provide great experiences that are also as safe as possible. What exciting things do we have to look forward to when the McKnight Center is back up and running? Well, there's more diversity in our, in our programming. So we've got a greater variety of art forms. Uh, we have a couple of course programs, uh, incredible all-male chorus from San Francisco called Chanticleer. Uh, will be performing with us in the fall. We open with the Philadelphia Orchestra, and the very first program features Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, which is also a, a choral work, or ends with a choral uh, piece. It's the Ode to Joy theme, and that program in particular is really special because the chorus will be made up of the Philadelphia Symphonic Choir and also the OSU concert chorale. So we will have uh, our students on stage performing with the Philadelphia Orchestra, which is a huge, huge opportunity for students and a great coup for us to be able to do, to do that. Um, we we're introducing a family series next year. We want to make the arts accessible to the widest and most diverse audience possible. And uh, we, want, we want to reach small children We've been doing that through our education programs, but haven't had as much targeted programming for our, our kind of uh, main stage um, performances. And so we have a family series, it's two part, and it opens up in the, in the fall in September with a group called Melodica Men. And some people will be familiar with this group. They're a huge internet sensation with, um, millions and millions of views on their videos. They play these really fun instruments called melodicas and they're little tiny keyboards and they you blow into them to make the sound. And both of these gentlemen in Melodica Men are Juilliard trained musicians and this they do this for fun on the side. And I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. We have Lucas Ross and the Sugar Free All-Stars performers based out of Oklahoma City. Um, bookending our family series. We also have uh, a kind of uh, adventure speaker series. It's a partnership with National Geographic 
and we call it Nat Geo, and we have two of their um, photojournalists coming in to give presentations in person accompanied with incredible imagery. They'll be talking about their adventures. Um, one is uh, features a woman who's been hailed as the female Indiana Jones, uh, and we're going to hear from her, and also we have a gentleman who will be presenting on Mars. And so we've got a really wide range of things, and we think that we've got something for everybody for next season. It sounds like it. And this inaugural season, I mean, of course, we started off with the New York Philharmonic and just continued to have content throughout, but some of those things have been rescheduled. Can you touch on that and, and what happens to those shows that kind of disappeared because of COVID-19? Absolutely. So we were having a great inaugural season, um, really uh, lots of great concerts that started off in this calendar year. So in January, February, and early March of 2020, we had a number of performances that were postponed um, that were scheduled after the, the uh, coronavirus pandemic really took hold. And all of those performances have been rescheduled into the, fa the fall of next season. Um, that includes Sarah Coburn, uh, Bill Wolfram, the pianist who is giving a solo performance, as well as performing um, the, the fifth Beethoven Piano Concerto with the OSU Orchestra. Jonathan Biss, who's been doing uh, a series of Beethoven's uh, piano sonatas, all 32 sonatas and his last two performances um, have been rescheduled for the fall, as well as what would have been our last musical in the inaugural season, Buddy Holly, has been moved to November. So if you have tickets, if you already had tickets for any of those events, those have been uh, moved to the fall. Um, that information is available on our website at mcknightcenter.org. If you have a ticket already, you will have received an email communication uh, from us letting you know the new dates and we can you can you can hang on to those tickets and attend those concerts on the rescheduled dates you also can put your ticket the value of your ticket on account if you want to exchange it for something else or you can donate your ticket back to us and we are really looking forward to wrapping up those programs associated with the inaugural season it means that next year just has that much more programming in it. So it's going to be a really, really busy season two for us. Absolutely. And then this time period, COVID-19 has created difficulties for every single industry. Um, but obviously music that has live audiences has been really affected. Can you touch on how this has impacted the music world as a whole? You know, it in many regards, just just as it has impacted other industries, um, you really feel like things are on hold at the moment. I think my biggest concern, because this is kind of the area where I've spent my career, is many of the uh, presenting organizations around the United States are actually nonprofit organizations like the McKnight Center, and of course, uh, professional orchestras, opera companies, ballet companies are all nonprofit organizations and they rely very much on the generosity of their constitu constituents to be able to survive uh, financially through contributions and also through the, uh, ticket sales. 
And this puts them in a very, very precarious situation. Um, and, you know, everybody's in the same boat. The thing that I would say is, um, you know, the, the music industry, the performing arts industry is a, a pretty small world. And so there are a lot of people looking at and trying new things. And I'm seeing more and more, you know, interesting ideas coming uh, forward that are kind of born out of this new set of circumstances. Um, but it's a really tough situation. And I do worry that um, by the time we kind of get back to some sense of normalcy, that there'll be a lot fewer nonprofit arts organizations in the U.S. as a result of this. So a lot of people still haven't had the chance to see the building. I know when people come to Stillwater right now, that's first on their list. But while they're home, is there a way that they can kind of see the architecture and all of the thought that was put into the McKnight Center itself? Yeah, if they haven't been to the McKnight Center, of course, that's, that's so unfortunate. But there's a way for them to check it out, uh, even from the safety and comfort of their own home. We have recently posted a really cool virtual tour. You can go to mcnightcenter.org and click on the visit tab. And it is at the bottom of the page. There's a section there that talks about tours of the McKnight Center. And you can click on a link and it will take you to a 360 degree 3D walking tour of the center. It only takes about four or five minutes um, to see all the spaces. And it's really cool technology and um, it gives you a really great sense for the space, the warmth of the McKnight Center. It's, you know, it's better to see, experience it in person, of course, but this is a great way for us to share the facility to a much broader audience. So once they see it and they want to get tickets for the second season, then what do they do? So you can contact our box office by telephone, which is 405-744-9999. And single tickets and people who want to purchase subscription ticket packages who are not renewing, who are new subscription purchasers, um, you can make those purchases starting June 1st. Right now we're wrapping up our subscription renewal process. You can call the box office June 1st if you're a new buyer. And you also can do that online at our website at mcnightcenter.org. How have you all been staying connected? I know that there are a lot of musicians on staff there at the McKnight Center, and I saw a photo of one of your Zoom calls with everybody had a different instrument out. So does everyone play? You know, I would virtually everybody that is on the administrative team at the McKnight Center is a, a musician or former performer in some way. We have folks that um, do theater. We have a professionally trained dancer on staff. We've got a whole bunch of instrumentalists and vocalists. And so, I mean, it's a natural pathway, I think, for people that go on into the administrative side of the performing arts to have probably first fallen in love with a particular art form because it was something they were trained to do as a, as a young person. That certainly was my path. And I think it's a pretty common way for people to find themselves on the administrative side of the performing arts. We have not been performing together, although that has come up in discussions an awful lot over the last few weeks as we see more and more 
content coming out on social media channels about people doing, doing Zoom performances and doing performances remotely and doing, you know, uh, web streaming and Facebook Live and things like that. And as we're working on some original content that we can share out to re-engage our uh, audience members, there's a possibility that you know you could see a performance from McKnight Center staff sometime in the future. Okay, well, we will have to stay tuned for that. That'll be awesome. The McKnight Center wouldn't exist without all of the support from donors and the Stillwater community. Do you have a message that you would like to give them right now during this uncertain time? Uh, two things. One, I want to say thank you to the incredible generosity that has helped bring the McKnight Center to fruition from the incredible gift from Billy and Ross McKnight that set up our programming endowment um, to, to every level of gift from our founders and those that are supporting us on, a, on an annual ongoing basis. And also our ticket buyers who have been so enthusiastic for our programs in our inaugural season. We're really, really grateful for the, for the broad support that we've um, had in our opening year. And the second thing that I want to say is we really can't wait to have everybody back to the McKnight Center. Our job is to present performing arts, present great live performance experiences, and to do it in a way that is transformational to the people that are in the audience that are viewing and listening to these things. And we're really, really excited and working hard so that we can get the McKnight Center back up and running just as soon as it's safe for everyone to gather again. As Mark mentioned, you can call the McKnight Center box office or visit mcknightcenter.org for ticket information. Thank you for listening to the Inside OSU podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.